0: On paper, you'd think this was going to be one hell of a train wreck. But then you listen, and you realize common sense doesn't have a party, an ideology, a stereotype, or a color. Can we be united again? Stick around, and we'll prove it. This is Doc in the Block. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Doc in the Block podcast. I'm sitting here with the world's greatest NFL running
1: back, Veron Haynes. What's up, V? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. So I had a great week. I'm excited about, I guess. But more importantly, it was your wife's birthday. So happy belated birthday to Alyssa yesterday. You know, she turned 21 again. So, you know, much love to her. Sending yeah, all the she love She definitely
0: is not excited about birthdays anymore. Uh, none of us <laughs> are, but but uh, yeah, it was a good time. Uh, we just had a little family time yesterday. Uh, the little one uh, didn't come through with a gift and was starting to give excuses about how hard she is to shop for, and uh, <clears throat> Alyssa gave her a hard time about that. <laughs> so,
1: so so hold on before we move on to our guests. So Sid has some. Extraordinary stuff coming up. And, you know, for all our viewers, you know, we're not just making this things up as we come along, come on every week. We actually live this, and Doc has some exciting news to share and how she's. He's going to deal with it, how Sydney's dealing with it. And, you know, we got to coax everyone through. It's not just you guys that we're trying to. Yeah, sydney has
0: got her Georgia honors program finals for her singing. So I'm not exactly sure how the competition works, but they started out with like 3,500 applicants um, and they just kept cutting down, cutting down. And now they're down to the final eight. They're going to pick four. So she's going down with her mom. Uh, today, tomorrow morning at 10 AM, she's got her interview and audition and all that kind of stuff. So she's nervous about it. She's been working hard practicing and, you know, I'm telling her like, as we talk about on this show all the time, it's just another opportunity, uh, go out and do your best. And if things work out, that's awesome. And if they don't, you, you know, you move on to the next thing you learn from it and you move on speaking, speaking of moving on, we have an amazing guest today. Uh, Nicole Hill is a registered nurse. She's been so for 18 years, and uh, now she has her own business uh, focused on wellness. Nicole, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: We really appreciate you being part of the big timers uh, group here in the Doc in the Block mm-hmm. podcast. And you have an amazing story. And your your road is you're still in the middle of the road. You're on the way up. You still got things going on. But you've also accomplished a lot uh, in your life, and we'd love to hear about it. Tell us, tell us your story.
2: Yes. Yeah, so um, first, I'm, I'm gonna do a little correction. Um, registered nurse for 22 years.
0: 22 so, years. You
2: know, 22. <laughs> yeah. Boom.
0: You don't look old enough. <laughs> we loved that. You don't look old years. enough to have been a nurse for 22 years.
2: Ab- absolutely. I started when I was 22, so Ooh. that may be giving my age away. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Hey, listen, they need calculators today to do those math. So don't worry about it. You're good. So,
2: yeah. So just a little bit about my story. I come from a small town in South Georgia, population maybe about 2000 um, and you don't see a lot going on there in that small town. So growing up, you know. I didn't see people like me, entrepreneurs and people getting out, starting their businesses. You saw a lot of factory workers and things like that. And, you know, I saw my parents, I was raised by my grandmother who did not know how to read or write, but somehow she taught us how to read and write. Like, I I don't understand that, but, um, coming from that, that type of family, you don't, you don't think you can make it out. Right. I attended a small school. My graduating class was about 98 people. Um, and I was in the top of my class. I was pretty smart. I got my work. Um, but when you think about the the population there and the students that you see, um, it's, just, it's just not a lot. So I always had these high hopes and dreams. I, I think I was just different. And I dreamed of the big city, the bright lights. And I knew that one day I would do something different and not downing or knocking anything or how people are raised where I come from or what, you know, they have chosen, like I applaud all of them, but it just wasn't for me. Um, So early on in my career, I went to college. I I finished nursing school. I was like, okay, I'm going to move to Atlanta because there's more opportunities there. And then around age 24, I ended up getting pregnant. Right. And some of my family, you know, they did not They did not like that. They thought, oh, your life is over now. Um, So I had something extra to prove at that time. Like, no, my life is not over. I am still going to achieve my goals. So I had my daughter. I waited a few years. I bought my first house like a year later at 25. And again, you just don't see that there. I'm 25. I'm a nurse. You know, I have a daughter, but I'm still pretty successful. I built my own house from the ground up at age 25. And you didn't see that a lot. Um, I stayed there about three more years and I decided, OK, I'm going to move to Atlanta. There's more for me there. I ended up going back to school to get my um, bachelor's and my master's because I started out with an associate's degree. So I like to tell people it's not about where you start. It's where you end. Um, and I took the baby steps as far as the nursing route, associate's degree, bachelor's and then master's. I moved to Atlanta. It wasn't as easy as I thought. Atlanta's kind of <laughs> kind of rough in the nursing world. You know, it's it's you see all of these things. It's definitely a lot of um comparison. I wouldn't say competition, but you know, in the nursing world it's just different. Um so I moved to Atlanta, my daughter and I, as a single parent, I had a little family here to support me. I worked in different hospitals, Grady Hospital, DeCab Medical, met a lot of great people, um, including Veron. Um, and then about maybe In 2016, 17, I just got burned out. I got burned out of the profession. I was like, I have to do something different. Um, I miss a lot of my daughter's life. You know, things, basketball, sports and different things like that. And I'm like, OK, what what am I going to do? Um, and then I stumbled across the wellness um, profession, like IV hydration and post-op care. And that's what sparked my interest in starting my own business. So in 2019, I started my own business um, as an IV hydration and concierge post-op nurse where I would travel to my patients and provide services to them in a concierge manner. Um, moving forward years later, now we have a location in Johns Creek and we're also concierge still and we also teach other nurses how to start their businesses because, face it, in nursing school they don't teach us that. They just teach us to do what we do at the bedside and be complacent with that. So. My, I call myself a nurse disruptor. I'm here to disrupt the whole profession of nursing and show people that there's something different out there other than bedside nursing. So that's my story in a gist.
0: So there's a lot to unpack there. One of the things that comes up on our show a lot is people saying, Well, I don't have the ability to do the things that you did because we didn't have money. So I'm assuming you came from lots of money because you have all this education. <laughs> so clearly, uh, that, that's what, uh, paved the road for that. How did you, uh, how did you, first of all, get focused on wanting to be a nurse? What gave you direction about it? And then how did you go about doing it?
2: So the, it was, there was two focuses on wanting to be a nurse one I had a teacher in high school who was a nurse and she was my health occupations teacher. And she always pushed, you're going to be a nurse, you're going to be a nurse. And I'm like, no, no, I'm not. Um, And for my high school graduation, that's what she bought me, my first stethoscope blood pressure cuff. So it was truly having that mentor um, in her that propelled me. Another thing is that when I was 16, my mom had my baby brother. She had an aneurysm Um, and then she was in ICU You know, for about a month or so and in the hospital for a while recovering from that. And thank God she made it. But I just thought like those doctors, those nurses saved my mom. Like I have to go into a profession where I can help save people as well, because if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't have my mom. That's what those are the two things that pretty much propelled me into the nursing profession as far as. So, Nicole. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, just, as far as, as other question Finish about like, oh, having a lot of money, though, as I mentioned, I was raised by my <laughs> grandmother um, who lived on a fixed income. And, you know, we lived in a housing authority community. Now, my parents, even though they didn't raise me, they were active as far as supporting where they could. You know, my grandmother didn't work. She had 11 kids. Um, so they would help support her and us, myself and my brother financially. But, yeah, there was not a lot of money, so I had to figure out how to make it, and and I did. I worked. I I got my first job at 16. I started doing hair in my grandmother's living room at 14, and I just kind of hustled my way through it, and I made it happen.
1: Yeah, I mean, so, Nicole, I have been in your neck of the woods a few times, my friend Charles Grant, a former teammate of mine uh, at Georgia and Super Bowl winner for the New Orleans Saints, right? As you well know, you're your your kid, big brother, (laughs) big, 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 big brother. Uh, Charles uh, is a friend of the program, a friend of Scott and I. So we play a lot of golf. But you, that area has like one traffic light. So your mentors, I want to know what were you attached to Right. That mentored you to give you direction and your focus. I know you say your grandmother raised you and gave you. But day to day, if I'm a kid in that kind of community, what do I do to keep on the straight and narrow?
2: Um, that's a good question. So for me, I like I said, there was something about me, something in me that I just cannot let die down. There was a passion in me to do better, to do more. My parents, even though they did what they did, my grandmother did what she did, they always pushed it, they wanted more from me. They wanted me to do better than they did, right? So I felt like I had something to prove. I have to do better than they did. My mom had me at 16 years old. Her focus was, you're not going to do the same thing. You're not going to have a child and 16 years old, yeah. um, and and do the same thing that I did. So having that, and th- that teacher that I had, Georgia Ann Israel, that's her name, um, she really pushed me, like, in her class, you know, I was a teacher's pet. She she allowed me to just kind of take over and do my thing, and, and I, I just felt like I had an early start into, you have to do this. I had people to prove a point to, and people to make proud, and I felt like I could not let them down. So having that you know helped me a lot and just kind of keeping me on the straight and narrow
0: Nicole, nice. what would you say were some of your biggest obstacles when you were younger like when you were in middle middle school? What were the things that uh, could have got you into big trouble or maybe did get you in big trouble that you were able to overcome
2: um, hanging out with the wrong people that could have definitely got me into. To more tr- or to trouble cause I didn't really get in trouble. Um, but that was a big thing. Like I said, it wasn't a lot going on there. So trouble was easy to find because as Ron mentioned, we have one traffic light, you know, there's no mall or back then there weren't any like restaurants. We didn't get things until I was older, like a Hardee's or, <laughs> um, and that's probably like the only main thing that we had, you know, two grocery stores, a convenience store. So it was just like hanging out. And we had this street called the, the Top Road. It was an area that everybody would hang out in. And, you know, I could have potentially got into trouble and, you know, getting pregnant at an early age because it just wasn't a lot going on. And you saw that a lot. Um, you know, some of my friends got pregnant earlier. They're all, thank God, successful now. they are our they're principles, you know, but there was at those troubles to get into, but luckily, you know, right. I didn't fall short to it. I just kept pushing and pushing because I knew I wanted more.
1: Some of the repeated successful stories that we ha- have on the show with our guests are, are, you know, faith is a big component. What would you say has been your faith and how has that guided you throughout your journey?
2: My faith. Oh, gosh, I I have like unwavering faith. And no matter what I go through, I push through. Um, And I've always been like that, like nursing school. Nursing school wasn't easy for me Um, going through it because I I worked multiple jobs, you know, just putting myself through school. So there was no excuse that, oh, there wasn't money to pay for it. There wasn't gas money to get to school. Like I knew I had to do it. My parents would support me and my grandmother would support me as best they could. But when they couldn't, You know, I had to make it happen. So even in nursing school, you know, I was told like at one point I had a C average in a class and I went to my um, counselor and she was like, well, perhaps nursing isn't for you. Maybe you should be a CNA or medical assistant. And, you know, again, I don't like when people tell me or try to try to down me. So I'm like, no, I'm not going to be a CNA or medical assistant. Nothing wrong with it. But that's not my journey. That's not my story. So even there, I had to persevere through that pull myself out. You know, I I dropped the class and I just kind of went back. So even nursing school wasn't a straight shot for me. When I graduated nursing school, the first time I took my exam, I failed it. You know, a lot of people may not know that they're thinking, oh, it's just so easy. It wasn't. I was a smart, you know, student. I graduated with A's and B's from high school. However, it was a struggle getting through the program, but I, I made it happen and I didn't let failure or anything like that stop me
1: that 's awesome that's, that's an, awesome that 's an important and, and point when you, you uh,
0: when you 're going through your life is you'll have people and I know varon 's had this experience as well. you have people that are sort of tangentially in your life, whether it be a counselor or a teacher or a coach or something, and they 'll tell you that you can 't do something and it 's important to not listen to these people you know. And that is not to say that you're so arrogant that you don't listen to advice from people or you take it all in. But, you know, I remember going to the University of Hawaii and talking to one of the uh, doctors there that was um, high up in the medical school there. And he just looked at me and said, you don't have what it takes to be a doctor. I mean, just like that punched me in the face. And I just remember thinking like, okay, well, then this is not my place to get help Uh, because obviously this guy doesn't see anything in me. Uh, and I didn't let it discourage right. me, and th- and that's not to say that I wasn't discouraged, right? We all have those feelings of uh, doubt or uh, you know concerns, like maybe maybe I don't have it, but I didn't let it stop me, and you know I figured out another way around, and that's kind of a key point here is that you always got to figure out a way to put one foot in front of the other, no matter what you're going through, and understanding that you know life is just a series of competitions, you know we compete for everything, you compete for jobs. You compete to get into school. You compete for your husband or your wife in the future. I mean, life is competition and learning how to deal with that stuff is really important and normal and natural. It's kind of like when my kids talk to me about having anxiety, like it's something abnormal. Everybody has anxiety. That's like a normal feeling. Like I still have anxiety all the time. I do a tough surgery or whatever. And that anxiety keeps me focused. It keeps me awake. It keeps me alert. And, you know, there's a reason for it. And if you view those feelings as something normal and that you're supposed to be having instead of some kind of disease that you have, you're going to be better able to function in this world. And, you know, my daughter going through this GHP thing this weekend, you know, God, God, I hope she does well. I'm praying for it and everything. But if it doesn't work out, you know, it's like, okay, didn't happen for you. And there's a million reasons why that could be. Focus on yourself. What can you do to make yourself better the next time? And then you go on to the next thing and don't let it discourage you. You can never let it uh, keep you down. I also hear a lot of times from people like, well, I don't have the money to do that. And I always think about how odd that sounds to me because I didn't have any money either. When I graduated from college, I was done, but I wanted to go to medical school. And I just figured out a way to go get scholarships and borrow the money Um, when I was going through school, you know, I understood that I was incurring a debt that I was going to have to pay back at some point. So I was kind of aware that, you know, you know, I'm going to pay this money back someday, but I was able to make it happen. And you did the same thing. You know, you didn't have like a huge trust fund to, to pull off, but you managed to graduate from high school and you start going uh, to get higher education. How'd you pay for that?
2: So because I live with my grandmother, she raised me like her name was on all my school documents. I ended up getting um, the Pell Grant, right. which was, you know, some assistance in Georgia. And then, of course, um, you know, some hope at the time. Yep. And those two things helped me. And then whatever was left, like maybe occasionally it was like books or something like that. Then, you know, I just paid for it. I had a work study job. I mean, I feel like there's no like there's always something to do. As I mentioned before, I did hair. I, I worked in a grocery store. Once I got to college, I was I did a work study job. I was an English and writing tutor. So I figured out ways to make it happen and to help myself. You have to help yourself. You can't expect other people to help you if you're not willing to help yourself.
0: Yeah, and I guess the point we're making there is that you had other jobs. You didn't just like, well, I'm a student and then I'm going to be a nurse. It's right. you bag right. groceries, you do hair. I mean, you do whatever it takes. And I did the same thing. You know, as a bartender, I was a fitness trainer. Um, I borrowed money as well. And you figure out a way forward because, you know, you've got to eat and you've got to live, you know, and there's ways to do it. And this idea that if I don't have money, I can't do something is is um, it's an excuse. Right. And our hashtag, our motto is no excuses. Uh, You figure out a way to make it happen. And then the other thing that's really important is the people that are in your life, you know, having community, whether it's family or friends or both, preferably people that you can lean on, uh, emotionally and otherwise to help, uh, give you strength while you go through your, your journey. So you become a nurse and you start working in the ICU and things like that. So not just easy nursing, but kind of the tough stuff. Tell us a little bit about how you got into that and, and what that was like.
2: So, yeah. So during my, um, I guess the end of my uh, college experience when I had to do a clinical rotation. I did it at a hospital in Thomasville, Georgia, which is not far from maybe like forty five minutes or so where I grew up in. And they really liked me. So they kind of, you know, they brought me in, they nurtured me, they they helped me a lot. And so as I neared graduation, they asked me, did I want a job? And they um, offered me a job and because I had already been there, they saw my work ethic and they saw, you know, how much I wanted this. They ended up grooming me. And that was my first nursing job, which was a step down ICU um, in Thomasville, Georgia. And that's kind of how, you know, that was just like the first step, because prior to that, I had never worked in a hospital. No time during school did I work as a CNA or secretary or anything like that. I had outside uh, jobs. And then once I got my nursing job, it was my first step, you know, into a hospital.
1: You strike me all the time as a overachiever. You know, you won't let anyone knock you off your pedestal. Being black in this field, you know, you'll see some people say "Ah, they didn't want me because I was race because they was racist on this show. We use no excuses and. Tell me how that has impacted you or have you come in contact with racial slurs and overcame them?
2: Absolutely. Even my I go by my middle name. So my middle name is Nicole. And that's what my family calls me. They never call me by my first name. But my first name is Shawana, which is very ethnic. Right. Um, So when I filled Mm -hmm. out my first applications and things like that, like that name popped up and even though I didn't want to use it, I was scared back then. I was like, I didn't want to tell them, oh, don't call me. that, call me Nicole. So I just kind of went with it. It never stopped me from applying or thinking, oh, they're not going to hire me because my name sounds too black or anything like that. Like I just kept going like there was no such thing to me during my nursing career. Of course, I did um, encounter racisms and different things. Like as a nurse in Atlanta, I had my first contract enforced by coming georgia and you know back in the day it was known as a um racist city but i didn't let it stop me i didn't they were like oh you're the only black woman here okay that's fine i I can do a good job at what i do so it's not gonna stop me because i'm the only black nurse here like i'm gonna come here do what i need to do and even as far as the patients i would you know encounter racial slurs and i just smile and keep going
1: See, and that's one of the things that we try kind to of preach on this program is like, if you focus on that, that's all you will encounter, right? But your energy was so directed in elsewhere. And yeah, it's going to happen. It's going to come up. Obstacles are going to be in, in your way, but you overcome them by just becoming, uh not letting yourself be susceptible to getting locked into that Bubble right, and thinking all that is is negative energy there, and transitioning your negative energy upon just that focal point. So, Scott, Scott, uh, you know, he talks about it all the time about you know where where you're looking is what you're going to find, <laughs> and 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 I find it very interesting all the time that what it, it it it's a hundred percent right. What you see, what you seek, is what you're going to get.
2: I agree. Yeah, so it, I wholeheartedly agree.
0: yeah. I mean, it's kind of like if you're always looking for people to be against you and people to find the worst in you and, you know, people to hate on you, well, you're going to find that because you're going to, that's what you're going to see. But if you're focusing on people to be positive energy in your life, to be helpful to you, you're going to find that, you know, and it's kind of, we all, when we all go through this life, it doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't matter what race, what creed, what religion, you're going to find people that just don't mesh with you. They just don't like you. You know, my daughter's kind of going through a situation like that with her theater teacher, just for whatever reason, my daughter's like the best singer in the school, but just can't get a part. And it's like, I have to tell her like, sometimes that's just the way it is, you know, and you just have to find a way around it, but don't let it define you. Don't let it discourage you and don't let it keep you down because you come out on the other side even better. And, you know, here you are, you're not, you went through Nursing school, you became a nurse, you didn't just do regular nursing, you did ICU nursing. Which, for our listeners out there, ICU is not playing, that's the real deal. You're taking care of sick people, there's a lot going on. It's you can't just fake it through and you know, give a couple injections and take some blood pressures. You're actually Mm -hmm. keeping people alive, and so it's tough stuff. You have to know what you're doing, it takes experience, it takes a proper temperament so that you don't get flustered under pressure because when things start happening. You know, you can't go to pieces. You have to be clear thinking and all that. So you go through that and then you say, you know what? I want to do my own business. Talk to us about how you made that transfer to the next thing.
2: Okay. So, um, as I mentioned, I worked, I contracted myself out. I was at Grady hospital. I was a bit burnt out. I left there and I started contracting myself through, uh, a company who, um, staffs outpatient surgery centers, such as yours, um, and i noticed that i liked it this this was a whole different world for me i had more autonomy i could control my schedule at this point i was able to make it to more of my daughter's games because you know she played basketball ran track cheer and i'm a single parent so um during that time i i was sent to like an iv hydration holistic clinic and that's when i became interested in the iv hydration so i just started doing research i took a training um i found a medical director You know, I had to control. Even that wasn't easy. I was a nurse, but I'm still a single parent and I have all these bills on my own. And then when you think about a business, it's not cheap. You know, it costs money to get lawyers and different things like that and, and, you know, incorporate your business. So even at that time, I had to do what I had to do. I had to save money. You know, I had to even call on my mom like, Mom, this lawyer is costing me $5,000. Can you can you help me pay half? Like, I'll give it back. Um, I didn't have it. Again, I didn't make excuses and I hear that a lot. So uh, moving forward, I got everything started. I incorporated the business in December, 2019, shortly after March, 2020 COVID hit. So it's like, okay, what do I do now? I have this new business that's, you know, just getting off the ground or not even really off the ground, what do I do? Um, and so the outpatient surgery centers that I was working in, I was still doing that, but they started canceling cases because these, you know, cases weren't like cases that needed to be done. They were elective cases. So I'm like, OK, what am I going to do? Like, I'm not getting my hours. So I went to New York. I went to New York um, during the pandemic and I stayed there for almost four months, um, you know, during the beginning of the pandemic. So I came back home and I'm like, OK, I'm going to work my business. Some, um, you know, people were getting sick, so they needed immunity drips, And I felt like I was the you know, person to give them that. Um, so for that next year, I just kind of went back and forth, like New York, Texas. Um, then April 21, I said, okay, Nicole, you have to take this business serious. So I came back home from Texas. I went full force with my business. I did not go back to the contracted jobs that I had. I'm like, okay, I just, I have to make this business work. And that's kind of what I've done since then. Um, I still highlight occasionally at surgery centers and pick up PRE and shifts. But for the most part, I'm doing that business right now. And then there were some... That's awesome. During that time, a lot of people would ask me, how did you get started? What did you do? So I started teaching other nurses because I've done so much research and i have always taken classes. I hired business coaches and, and different things to help me propel myself because I feel like you, no matter how big you think you are or how much you do, I feel like you always need some type of mentoring or coaching, you know, or someone constantly to help you move to the next level. Um, so I started teaching other nurses. And what I find a lot with some people is that it's excuses. They say, well, I don't have a lot of money to start. And then I think about myself. I didn't have a lot of money to start too. I didn't have all this money saved up to, to start this business, but I still made it happen. So I was still in that no excuses mentality.
0: Yeah, I mean, we always talk about on this show Jimmy Johnson saying you never you, you know, you're either getting better or you're getting worse, but you never stay the same. And I remember the first time I heard that, I was like, it's so simple, but it's such a genius thing to say. It's so true. No matter what you're doing, you're not staying the same. You're either getting better or you're getting worse, and if you want to get better, you have to work at it. And I, you know, when I think about my career, it's like I think about uh like when I was in Once I got into medical school, you know, I think about these things. I wanted to make uh, AOA, the Alpha uh, Omega Alpha, which was a big deal. And the reason I wanted to get into that was it showed that you were academically at the top of your class. And then it would give me an opportunity to get into orthopedics. And, you know, there were these things I wanted to be on the admissions committee of the school and things like that. And now it's like I look back on that stuff and it's all student stuff. And then when I first got out, it was like, okay, I have my practice, but it's not really where I want to be. I want it to be bigger. I want it to be better. And the point I'm trying to make is like at every stage of my life, it's like, I just wanted to be better. I wanted to do more. I wanted to, you know, get bigger. And by bigger, I don't just mean like a bigger practice, but just have my hand in more things, you know? And so like now I have a big practice. I have, uh, you know, lots of employees but we do a lot of charity work through the big timers foundation and the doc in the block podcast. And it's like, I just feel like I'm called to do more. And when I was, you know, I struggle with my business, how do I get bigger? How do I run it better? I went and found somebody who's bigger at business than me and started asking, uh, their advice. And so they start telling me, you know, I need you to read these books and I need you to do these different things. And so I started doing it and I had this thought in my head. It's like, man, I think I'm working hard and I think I'm doing all this stuff. And when you read about what other successful people have done, I realize like, I'm not doing nearly enough. I have to do even more. And that's kind of the thing in this life is understanding that you never get to the finish line, right? As long as we're in this game of life, you're constantly training, you're constantly trying to get better. You're constantly making relationships and you have to just reevaluate what you're doing, you know? And sometimes when things aren't going your way, Maybe the self-reflection is I'm not working as hard as I should. I'm not getting up as early as I should. I'm not maintaining the relationships the way that I should. And it's always kind of a good motivation to kind of have people in your life that are important, you know, the people that surround you that can tell you, uh, hey, you're, you're a good version of yourself or you're not such a good version of yourself. And I have a lot of that in my life. And I'm finding that in all of our big timers, you know, they have kind of the same sort of situation, but it's this underlying habit of wanting more, wanting to do better, wanting to learn more, wanting to expand, you know, you obviously have that.
1: So, Nicole, let me tell you, Scott, let me tell you, Scott, not only does she have that, she's employing that on her daughter, too, because her daughter has a hair cloth, a hairline. And well, let me let me. Let me let you do the introduction and, and 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 set that up. But you have instilled to the next generation good work ethics, which I employed right. before.
2: Right. So Absolutely. About- so, yeah. you know, although my daughter, you know, she has her she's in college. She attends the University of Alabama and she, you know, has her path of what she wants to do. She's a biology major. Um, but early on, I was always like, well, Amara, you should do this. You should do that. And. I was never into forcing her, you know. I'm like, well, do you want to start a clothing line? Do you want to? She's like, no, mom, no, mom. So one day she came to me and says, I want to start a skincare line. And so I'm like, well, okay, we can do that. So we started doing the research. And I'm like, you have to put the work in too. You have to help me figure out what this is going to be. Like, I knew I was going end to end up paying for it or financing it. However, I wanted her to, you know, come up with the objectives and the mission and vision and stuff of this brand. So we, we sat down, we came up with a name, her name is Amara, and we spelled it backwards and it's Aroma. So it's Arama Skin. And um, you know, it's a skincare line for all skin types. And so right before she went to college in 22, we had our lunch of her skincare line. And, and yeah, like that's, that was my gift to her as far as, you know, this could be whatever you make it. If you don't do anything, then you make it nothing. But if you you put the work in and, and you push it, it can be whatever you want it to be. We trademarked the name. We went about it the right way. So, you know, she loves it. I think it's a nice brand. So but Aroma Skin is the name of our skincare.
1: Yeah, that's that's uh, that's so important. You didn't just mm-hmm. use the excuse that you were young because I had a uh, my first child was when I was a sophomore in college myself. So I was mm-hmm. young to the average community and world. But I didn't let that stop me. I used that as a motivation to kind of get better and know that I have a dependent now. So I can't use the excuse of I'm tired or or, or, or I can't. I took that word out of their mouth early. But every time I would get tired when I was running, I had my daughter's shoe uh, name tatted on my shoes I look down and be like, gotta run. <laughs> Taylor needs me, right? So, whatever it took, and I applaud you for showing her the next steps in becoming a entrepreneur and using no excuses because it can be done. It can be done.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, that we find that's a good motivation in life is having the next generation counting on you. You know, Block's not with us today, but you know, he'll always talk about the the strength that allowed him to kind of turn his life around to become a three-time Grammy award-winning music producer was his children and him thinking to himself, I don't want my children to have to go through the same things that I went through. And I know for me, uh, when I had my kids, I would look in the mirror and I would think to myself, man, you got to raise your game. You got to be a better person. If you're going to be, you know, raising another human being and and be a role model for them, like I got to clean my act up and it helped me, uh, become a better person. Um, what do, you, what do you see next in your life, Nicole? Where where are you going next?
2: So next, I, I want to expand my business. Like I said, we have a small location here in Johns Creek, and we are concierge, but we want to get a bigger building, and we also want to franchise in the future our Med Spa brand. So that's what we're working on right now. We do um, have a location that will be opening soon in Alpharetta, so I'm excited about that, super excited about that. Um But yeah, I just want to expand and franchise and and actually like right now I consider myself a boss, but I want to become the CEO of my business so I don't have to actually (laughs) be there every day. I want to, you know, hire people and train them and employ them and even teach them the way, you know, that I did it because I'm all definitely all about that. I love giving back pouring. Um, I didn't mention this earlier, but recently I went back to my hometown and I spoke to those third, fourth and fifth graders. And that was really, really huge for me. And my, my ending point and my message was, you know, where you come from does not determine where you're going because I want everyone to know that just because you come from it, just because you see it doesn't mean that's how you have to live it.
0: Nicole, what advice would you give to young middle school girls out there that are listening right now and thinking to themselves that they're not going to be able to accomplish their dreams in life because they're women or because they're minorities or whatever. What, what advice would you give to them?
2: Um, again, like I just mentioned, you know, where you come from does not determine where you're going. And I would just, the biggest thing I would give to them is to, to keep going. Don't stop. Don't let what someone says stop you. Don't let what someone does stop you. No one can determine your life, but you, you and God, you keep your faith, you know, keep your head up, keep your grades up. Like grades are so important. Staying out of trouble is so important early on, like what you do now can follow you into the future and haunt you for the rest of your life. So you have to be mindful of how you how you control how you handle yourself now and how you carry yourself now, because you don't want it to follow you in the future. So just just keep doing living your dreams. Don't let anyone stop you from doing what you want to do.
0: Yeah, that's a really great point. I'm talking to my kids about that all the time, that every picture you take, every text you write, every email you do, it's forever. And if you don't want that picture or that text or that email to be out in the world for eternity, then don't write it, you know, and don't take that picture and don't send that text uh, because, you know, I can't even imagine what my life would be like if they'd have had that stuff around when I was <laughs> oh, young and man,
1: dumb. 100%, Scott. And, the uh, decisions you make today will yeah. affect you tomorrow, whether Absolutely. good or bad. Yeah, That's what I always tell them.
0: And no matter uh, what mistake you make, you can just, always come back from it, no no doubt yeah. about it. I mean, we all make mistakes, especially when you right. talk about getting good grades. I did not have good grades out of high school or college, and I got away with it out of high school because I played sports, so they got me into college. But It wasn't until I graduated from college that I realized I didn't have the grades to get into medical school. And so I had to go back to graduate school and I had to work hard and I eventually got into med school. And it's funny the way God works. I was so the journey that I had to take to get into med school after not having good grades out of college was so long and so arduous at the time I felt that way. And, uh, you know, the idea that I maybe might not have got into medical school, I was like, now that I've gotten this chance again, I'm never letting that happen again. And so I got the best grades when I was in medical school. That's why I always joke with my kids. The best grades I ever got were when I was in medical school. And uh, it was because I had experienced what life is like when you don't have good grades. And it's not that those problems are insurmountable, but they definitely create headaches that you're going to have to deal with. So obviously, the better you do early it gives you more options and opportunities
1: down the road. Uh, Not only that Scott, but you worked for it. Isn't it a self accomplishment and a fulfilling feeling and now you don't now you want to protect it, right? You worked for those grades after school. So now you you, you don't want to go back to what you did before and you know, you worked hard to get so those A's and B's. You you guys know exactly
0: what I'm talking about. The contentment. Like I thought, ta- I think about my life right now and how content I am because I failed, I persevered and I achieved. And it's not like, it's nothing about like what anybody thinks about me. You know what I mean? It's not like my name's in the newspaper or anything like that, but I know in here, like yeah. I overcame and it gives me a sense yeah. of contentment. And pride in myself, and I don't mean pride in a sinful way, but just you know, I was able to survive. You know, and there, there's a certain uh, confidence that you get going through the rest of your life when you go through that. You know what it's like to be on the bench, right, and not getting your yeah. opportunity, and then once you get your moment to shine, and then you, you know, next thing you know, it's the Super Bowl, and yeah. it's not an easy road, you know, and it's not guaranteed, and that's what I would really love to convey to kids now is don't get discouraged because whatever you're going through right now, whatever failures you're going through right now, whatever discouragements you're having one day, if you keep persevering, if you keep working hard, if you keep your head down and doing the right things, eventually you will achieve. And then you're going to look back on those times when you failed and you're going to say, you know what, I feel great about myself. And so when my, you know, like when my daughter... Like if things don't go well for her this weekend, I'm going to say one day you'll look back at this failure and because you achieve in the future, you're going to have so much pride and so much confidence that that's part of the journey. You know what I mean? And so I guess what I'm saying is when you're going through the failure at the moment, if you can just look forward and know that one day this is going to be a part of your story of success, Mm. it'll give you the ability to kind of move on. And that's not to say that, listen, whenever we don't succeed at whatever we're trying, we're all going to have a little bit of disappointment. We're all going to have you know, feelings of doubt and being down on ourselves. That's just normal part of life. But the people who have the ability to shake it off and keep moving forward. You know, my my dad used to talk about, you know, the Michael Jordan types. They could come out and miss the shot, lose the game, but the next night it was the next night. They forgot about it and they've moved on to the next thing. And that's how we need to get in our own lives is you take that shot. If you miss it, don't worry, there's gonna be another shot tomorrow
2: yes i think i think part of the thing is that people look at you or us or anyone successful as where you are now and they think oh well it's easy because she looked like i make it look easy whether it was being a mom a nurse i always made it look easy but it was never easy um you have to just kind of you know think in reality in all reality everyone has a story yep And, and things that you know ask them the story if you think someone is what someone is doing it looks easy ask them well how did you get here yeah and then you you will be amazed at what you find out and what could possibly help you you know move forward in your future and do better in your future
1: that is a great point that is a great point because we talk about all the social media and it's always lavish Right, but what is the story behind that lavishness? Right, somebody didn't. They put up the. They don't put up the blood, sweat, and tears to it took to them for the, to get that nice house. They put up the house, but you didn't see the work behind the house.
0: Well, that's what the, Doc the that's what the Doc in the Block podcast is all about. Is we're going to keep putting people up here so that you can see the story behind the story. Nothing is a smooth road to success. There's potholes along the way, but if you engage in the right behaviors, honesty, integrity, accountability, perseverance, courage, being a good teammate, and never quitting, and no excuses, eventually you're going to find your way to success. Nicole, you're a huge big-timer. Thank you so much for being a part Thank of the you show. Thank you. Where,
1: can you you? <laughs> where, where can our listeners find you? officially
0: a big-timer! Where can our listeners find you more about you, Nicole, on social media?
2: Um, you can find me on Instagram at reset R E S E T Wellness Bar underscore. Or you can also find me on Facebook, Reset Wellness Bar.
0: Awesome. Thanks so much for being a part of the show. Thank we're gonna you. look forward to talking to you some more in the future. Varon, absolutely. See you, buddy. Have a great weekend. Have a great weekend.
1: You do the same. Everyone, be blessed.
0: Everybody catch us on bigtimers.org. That's big timers.org. We'll see you all next week. Everybody have a great weekend.